coverall. The cuffs taped to his boots and gloves with duct tape. He wore a ski mask and goggles and had a rucksack on his back. Disguised from head to foot, she couldn't be certain. Did she know her attacker, though? His shape said yes, she knew him. But she couldn't believe he would do this. She stared at him from his huge boots up to the soulless goggles and the gun he held in each gloved hand. Absurdly, the wine stains on her jeans drew her gaze, and it was as if her blood had already been spilled. She knew the image was a portent, and screamed in defiance at the inevitable. The man fired again. This time it was at a wall, and it punched a small hole through the drywall and into the kitchen beyond. He'd fired only one of the two guns he held. The other was aimed at her gut. Please! Ella cried. Why are you doing this? The man didn't speak. He didn't have to, not when her plea fell on deaf ears. He only shrugged, then took another pot shot at the same wall, this time lower than where the first bullet hit. The other gun didn't waver off target. Ella lifted her left hand as if intending to swat aside the promised bullet like an annoying bug, and the gold of her wedding ring twinkled dully. The man grunted at her, amused, and he pulled the trigger. This gun wasn't as loud as the first, but the sound was cataclysmic to Ella. It was the sound of her doom. The bullet cut through the palm of her outstretched hand, didn't slow, and punched her gut harder than any fist in creation could. The impact folded Ella around the bullet as it drilled into her. She unfurled in the next instant, her legs spasming, her hands flung over her head behind her. Her damaged hand fluttered against the plush leather of her settee. Does it hurt? Pondered her attacker as he bent over her. He snorted in pleasure. I just bet it does. His voice was muffled by the ski mask, but Ella recognized it. She was right. She did know this man, and suddenly she understood what this was all about. Why? She croaked. I thought you... Love me. Don't flatter yourself, bitch. You won't get away with this. The man crouched alongside her, moving his second gun closer. Oh, I think I will. He crowed. All my bases are covered. Ella could see her shocked expression reflected in his goggles. Her face was so pale it was limpid her mouth a stark, wet oval beneath equally wet eye sockets. She watched as the reflection of the gun probed the space beneath her chin, could feel the subtle tremor of his finger on the trigger passing through the hot metal and into her flesh. There was a scarlet explosion. It was the last thing she ever experienced. Chapter One the sand gave beneath every footstep, making jogging difficult. If I'd followed the strip of asphalt separating the beach from the road, it would have been easier. But I didn't mind the extra effort. I welcomed it. Going the easy route was never my intention, and I'd made things harder again by loading building bricks wrapped in newspaper in my rucksack. I needed the workout, and was determined to get back to full health. Over the past month, I'd set similar challenges so I could evaluate my progress— I wasn't back to full fitness yet, but I was getting there. Not long ago, I'd been shot in the chest. As luck would have it, I'd been wearing a bulletproof vest, 
Unluckily, the vest wasn't impervious at close range, and a bullet had found its way through and buried its tip in my left pectoral muscle. I'd survived, but the wound had proved a bitch to heal. Perhaps it hadn't helped that my recovery was hampered by having to rescue an abducted woman from a compound full of armed mercenaries, but there you go. I was forced to take things easy while I recuperated. I was better for it, but the time I'd taken to heal had played havoc on my cardio and strength. I don't recall taking as long to regain my fitness when I was a young soldier, but I had to face the truth. Now, in my early forties, I wasn't exactly a young soldier anymore. In fact, I wasn't even a soldier. So for 370 miles from my house on Mexico Beach to the office of Rinkton Investigations in Tampa, Florida, where I work, meaning I have a five-and-a-half-hour commute if I obey the posted speed limits. On bad days, the journey can take longer. My friend and business partner, Rink, has often encouraged me to move closer to the office. I've considered doing so and checked out a house between Clearwater and Palm Harbour a few months ago.